0: Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. You know, we've been in a series called Good Vibes. I'm of the opinion that we all have a vibe of some sort. I mean, it's like the radar that we send out from each other. You walk down the hall or walking through the mall, you look at somebody, and you kind of immediately think, don't like them. Or you're walking somewhere and you say, you know, I I bet they're a nice couple. Or, Or you see somebody and you think, wow, I bet they're a jerk. And all these kind of things. So in preparation, I started thinking about people that I work with closely around this church. And I started thinking, what would I do? How would I try to describe those folks in one word? So I want you to do this exercise with me. I want you to think of the people either that you work with or the folks in your immediate family I want you to pick three people and kind of mentally get the picture of those three people. Go. Some of you are already overthinking this. Leisha, are you overthinking this right now? Okay, just just go with it. You got three people? I want you to assign now to those three people, if you had to describe them in one word, what would that one word be? So to help you kind of prime the pump a little bit, I picked Bobby, Beth, Tripp, and Hector. All right? So Bobby... I use this one word, sincere. I mean, he's just this, what are you trying to tell me, Ethan? You, you want me to fix my mic? Is that what you're trying to tell me? What are you trying to, I have no idea what you're saying. Just say it. Okay, you're pointing at me for some reason. Truly, I have no idea. You have a low signal. I hate it when I have a low signal. It just totally destroys my day. Is that better? Oh, I don't have to scream anymore. That's awesome. Okay, so one word. So I, with Bobby, I came up with this one word, sincere. Like, when, I know Bobby. When, when, he's, when he's making decisions or when he's doing his day-to-day, the, the guy is just sincere about everything. He wants to make the right, the right call. Sometimes he, he, won't, he won't act on something until he's had time to sincerely think his way through it. I thought about Hector, and I thought of the word humble, the humble guy. When I thought about Beth, I thought the word that came to my mind is trustworthy. I mean, you, you, you can't outwork her, but you can definitely trust her. And then I, I got to thinking about some other folks in here. I thought about uh, trip, and the word came to my mind was intense. And uh, we, we've all got a kind of vibe that we put off. But then I took it to another level, which I'll tell you about in a minute. So let's go back to your three people. How many of you described one of those people with something, some derivative of kindness or nice? Can I see your hands? Oh, so we have nice people at 930. There's like three people, you know? I'm thinking, dang, y'all are not very cool, you know? All right, so how many of you on, on someone else use the word something around the word trust or, or belief uh, or steady, that kind of thing? hands? Okay, uh, how many of you had something or they're happy or they're fun? How many of you had something like that? Good deal, yes, yeah, so you're not fun either. So, um, so when you look at all this, then we took it to another level and said, okay, well, how would you describe you with one word? And more importantly, how would they describe you with one word? So I started thinking about that in my case, and I, I kept coming up with bad words. I mean, not like bad words, but like, you know, negative words. Well, some of them are bad words, but anyway, I wasn't exactly peaking cool on the Richter scale, you know what I'm saying? And I started thinking about that and I, and I thought to myself, well, you know, we, we all have a vibe that we put off, but that vibe is going to do something to interact with the hive in which we work, play and live. All of us have a bit of a, a hive that we do our work in, or we, we do our, our exercise in, or we do our family in, or, or we do our church in. We all have these hives in our lives where, like, like bees, we're doing that work inside and around whatever that hive is. I mean, we, if some of you have a hive where you travel with your kids' travel baseball team or your travel, travel cheerleading team or whatever it is you've got. Some of you have a hive, the guys you play golf with, the ladies you play tennis with, or, or maybe it's the people you work with or the folks you hang out with in church. And we all have these different hives in our life that eventually this is where people get to know us and see us do the work that we're called to, including and inside of our family. So when I started thinking about what that connection was, it hit me that when I was in fourth grade, I had just the most ridiculously awesome teacher. And and I thought to myself, okay, well, when I think about that, I thought, hmm, I wonder if that project that I was given by Mrs. Glover in the fourth grade, where she said, we're going to pair you up with a partner and you have to do a project that compares a beehive to a healthy city. Now, when I first heard that, I thought, now that's a stupid project. Why in heaven's name would I do that? Except for the fact that Mrs. Glover was downright beautiful. And as a fourth grade boy, when you have a pretty teacher, it's like, yeah, I'll do anything. Right? But then she upped the ante to a whole nother level. She said that my partner was Deanne Gunner. And as fourth grader, Deanne was smoking hot. I mean, this is the kind of chick you would send the note to, do you love me or do you not, yes or no? And if she checked yes, the next one was, will you kiss me, yes or no? Are you with me? I would have been a nightmare for some parent of a little girl in fourth grade. Because I, I was madly in love with Deanne. And so I decided that this project, not only was it important, but it would take a long time to do because I needed all the time I could with Deanne, but I found out some amazing things about bees. So I went back over the past week or so, and I thought I'd, I'd look at some of those things and figure out what they're interested in. Did you know that bees pollinate up to and a little more than a third of our food, this is across the globe, a third of our food is, is, is they are pollinated by bees. Did you know that there are some bees that bring water to the hive? There are some bees that protect the hive. There are some bees that protect the queen of the hive. There are bees who create stuff. There are bees that go out and make stuff. And did you know there's even bees that their assignment is to take care of the dead bees? I have no idea. So there are bees, and their working assignment in the hive is to take the dead bees out. I mean, who wants a bunch of dead bees? I started thinking about that in the life of church, and I thought, wow, we could keep those folks busy. But they're, that's their job, because when a bee goes out and stings you, then that stinger gets embedded into that person, and they're stinging you to protect the queen and the hive, and then they've given their life, quite literally. And so I started looking at that, and I thought, I wonder what the Bible would say about what our vibe has to do with the hives that we live and we work and we play in. So I immediately went to the book of Galatians and took a look at chapter 6, verse 9, where the text says, let us not become weary and doing good for at a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Your vibe is going to direct your hive. Every time you get up, you have a choice of what vibe you're gonna take into these different hives that you're in and that you're working in. Everywhere you go, you're making a choice. Am I a thermostat or am I a thermometer? Am I going to change the temperature of the hive or am I just going to say, this is, the temperature of the hive. Are you going to be the type of person that changes that for good or for bad? We look at the worker bee's role and we recognize they have a lot of different roles, but the bees don't do multiple roles. Those bees do one thing. They do what they are there purposefully to do, but they all are there for one reason, and that is to protect and to serve the queen. So now I got to thinking about that in the sense of a church and thought to myself, well, that's pretty clear. That would draw draw me straight to first corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 through 6 listen to what the scripture says there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them there are different kinds of service but the same lord there are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone it is the same god at work all of us have been giving gifts by the lord for us to do work for his glory and our benefit and the growth of the kingdom. Now watch this. You say, well, Chuck, I don't have any gifts. I'm not good at anything. I just come to church and I wanna hide. I just wanna sit down, everybody leave me alone. Or you might be here and you say, you know, Chuck, I have given, I got my kids through preschool. I got my kids through through children's ministry. I got my kids through student ministry, I'm done. Or you might be here and say, you know what? I don't know how to do that. I'm scared to death. What if I'm in a, a room teaching fifth grade boys and they know more Bible than I do? Well, first of all, you would join all the rest of us in this room. And secondly, you'd be amazed how little you have to know because the ability is not the issue. It's just your availability. God, I promise you, will give you everything you need if you'll take one step of obedience in the direction of where he wants you to go to work. You say, well, Chuck, now you're saying to me that if I've given my life to Christ, if I've chosen to follow Jesus, if, I've, if, I, if I want to seek after the face of God. You're saying that that God is going to give me gifts, abilities, talents, and skills, and I'm going to use them for the the benefit of his church, the growth of his kingdom, and I'm gonna be blessed by it. Why wouldn't I jump on that train? Well, I think the greatest reason why we don't jump on that train is we're fearful. We're afraid that when we attempt to do something, we're going to fail. I just wanna share this with you. You're going to fail following christ and choosing to do all that the lord has for you using the gifts that he's directed you to use doesn't make your life simpler it doesn't even make your life easier what it assures you is there are going to be people who are going to question your motives there are going to be people who are are going to not like what you do or the way you do it but you see you're not here to serve them you're here to serve him and when you look at that through that lens, you recognize, wait a minute, the hive that I bring my, jo- my, my whole vibe to is this picture that I am a follower of Christ. I am a kid of the kingdom that has been given the gifts to do the work of the Lord. And you say, well, Chuck, I, I am afraid. I don't wanna do that. Well, maybe you ought to take on the, the, the sign that was the, I mean, in, in the Ozarks and I was a little fascinating, this guy, a, this, this guy is really just old time, old school veterinarian. And on his sign, it says, you know, Dr. Wilbur Jones. And right underneath it, he says, you know, the, what he's there for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to care for your pets, blah, 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 blah. And he's got all that thing. And so it says, in, in the, on the sign, got his name, got everything going on. And he says, you're gonna get your dog one way or another. You say, well, why is that so special? Because when he looked at it, he thought to himself, wait a minute, not only am I an animal doctor, I'm also a taxidermist. He decided you're going to get your dog one way or the other. He couldn't lose. Some of us need to look the same way. I mean, some of us need to have the ability to stop and recognize, wait a minute, if the Lord has given me these gifts and I take one step of activity toward that direction, you're going to win either way. But I think we're still fearful. Now, I think there are some folks out here that would say, well, Chuck, you know what? I've tried, I'm not good at anything. I guarantee you that's not true. Listen to what the scripture says in Romans chapter 12, beginning of verse six. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing, or contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Scripture's saying we're not all going to do the same work. I mean, the Lord has called you to do something specific. And when you act on that specificity, what will happen is the Lord God within you will start to creating you the ability to do what you ought to do. Now, here's my my solid and absolute certainty on this one issue. ready? I think most of us know exactly what the Lord wants us to do. We're simply afraid to act on it. But there are some that in this room would say, no, Chuck, I have no clue what the Lord wants me to do. Then I wanna wanna ask you to go directly and specifically and ask the people that are closest to you, what do you think I should do in the way God's gifted me? And I promise you, they'll tell you if they're honest with you. Because I came out of the business world into the pastorate later in life, I came out of a business sector. And so everybody, the first 10 or 15 years of my ministry wanted to put me in the role of an administrator. They wanted me in, in, in that office of, okay, Chuck, you'll, you do the money and you do, you do the books and you do the staff and you do the, the facilities and you do all that stuff and you know I did it. And can I tell you, I was miserable every day. I was so ready to give up ministry, I hated it. And the reason why is I, that's, not what, that's not what I was equipped to do. And then when this church was foolish enough to let me become their pastor, my first thought was I'm scared to death. I'm genuinely scared to death. I didn't mind preaching to thousands of people for somebody else, but I didn't know is it possible that I could actually become a shepherd? Could I actually want, could I actually want to be around people? Could I could, could my heart be broken for a community? Could we become a church that was a church and a house of prayer? Could we become a place that was a house of worship? Could we could we have a church that was so ridiculously authentic? that we would know that we're gonna marry you and bury you and counsel you and love you and visit you and make sure that we everything we have starts on a relationship and stays in a relationship. We're a church that has to definitely called to and will be focused on relationships. You know why? Because God has driven me from that fear of failure. Those four folks that got baptized, that's proof of that. The six kids that got baptized that were high schoolers and middle schoolers in the first hour, proves that. Bringing chairs in at 9.30 in the middle of July, proves that. Over and over, Jenny and I stopped in one of the songs we were singing earlier and and I, I just said, listen. And I heard our church just worshiping their guts out and I thought, I love this. And she leaned over and she said, do you remember six years ago what you said to me as we sat here is, you wanted our church to become a house of prayer and a house of worship. Can I just say to you, I love y'all. I am so grateful that we are that church. Now we're not perfect. Let's not promise If we were perfect, I wouldn't be here. And Neither would you, by the way. But you know what? I have learned that all of us have been called to serve as church. It's just like the taxidermist and the veterinarian. I mean, you're going to get your dog back either way. I'm grateful that a guy by the name of Terry Harold saw me when I was a a builder and a developer. And he saw in me something and he said, Chuck, have you ever thought about being a children's pastor? And in the back of my mind, I thought, are you smoking a hymnal? Are you kidding me? And about three months later, there I was, ordained in the ministry full-time as a children's pastor. And I thought to myself, and I looked back this week and I thought, those are some of the greatest days of my life just genuinely loving on boys and girls and watching kids come to faith in Christ. I am so grateful we have a church that loves our kids, that loves our students, that loves families. Listen, if you're 70 plus and you've given up, shame on you. If you're 60 plus and you've given up, stop it. If you're 50 plus and you're saying, well, I'm done. No, you're not. Listen, Colonel Sanders didn't start frying chicken until he was 70. Ray Kroc didn't open up McDonald's until he was almost 60. I mean, you, there, there's no stop in the kingdom's work. There is much to do. And you say, well, Chuck, I just can't go like I used to. Well, okay. But you, there, you offer so much to boys and girls and students and young adults. Jump in the boat with us, row in the same direction. And by the way, if you're 30 or 40 or 20, don't be sitting here thinking, well, that's all about those old folks. No, get your rear end and gear too. Get in the boat row in the same direction. Why? Because we know that we know that we know that when we are about the work of the kingdom, God pours out his richest and best blessings, not just on his church, but his people. And listen, folks, this is what we're called to do. Listen again to what Galatians chapter six, verse nine says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Listen, friend, you might not know enough you may not know what to do, you, you, you may not have a clue. What do I do to try to work with sixth grade girls? I have no idea. I mean, I've raised six of them and I still have no idea. But you know what? I remember what it was like to ride a bike and learn how to ride a bike, don't you? Dad put me on that, that thing that had the banana seat and the handlebars and man, I, I was pretty cool. I had a slick tire on the back, Rusty. You know, you know I, was, I was rolling, man, five-speed shifter. Dad put me on that bike, and didn't tell me a clue what to do. He was balancing me, I sat on the bike, and he pushed me and I went downhill. The only thing dad could have shared with me is how you stop the bike. Because I learned what it's like to crash on the bike and fly over the fence that you ran into. Which by the way, just was not cool at the time. But you know what, we all learned how to ride a bike, didn't we, you know why? Because once you get there, it will take you the rest of the way. All you gotta do is balance and take a pedal. Listen, when, when you choose to follow in, in the path of Jesus and give your life to serve him and love him, to serve his kingdom and to lead in his church, what you're gonna find is that you're like a worker bee that has jumped in because that's what you're created to do. I, I know that the, the way the scripture teaches this that each and every one of you, that the Lord has loaded up gifts that are just for you. And some, and, and some of you, let me just speak to a group that we rarely preach to around here. We're really good at reaching people that are down and out and in need. But if you're sitting here and you're loaded and you got plenty of money and your life is good and you're not doing a blessed thing and you're waiting for me to ask you to give before you give, shame on you. Because if you've got the ability to give, give generously. Scripture's pretty clear about this. This is the one thing that God says, test me on. Jump out and do this. What if that is part of your act of service that you're gonna give and give generously? I just think that the scripture is clear. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 10 31 says. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. This is how we're called to live our lives. We've been called, set aside, prepared for, and prayed for by Jesus himself. We're to live our lives for Christ and Christ alone. Jesus alone should be our life's priority. And when we get him in that right priority, this is why we say we believe the Bible is a big deal. We believe it to be literal from cover to cover. We believe that Jesus is the single biggest deal in the world and we get him in the right priority of our life, we will make all the other decisions right. And if we believe those two things, we're gonna give our life to serve others that are in need here and around the world. This is precisely why we all have gifts because we all don't have the same gift. I, I know there are some of you in here and your gift is hospitality. And you know what, good for you. I'm the, I am so antisocial, on that kind of stuff. If you give me a choice of going to a dinner party or a quiet night, ch- quiet night's going to win 99.9 out of hundred times, you know, but now if you, you, you include chili in a ball game, we're talking. We all have a different way. We look at everything. We, we, we listen to different music. We appreciate different music. We all do things uniquely differently, but that's exactly why God has created us in community. That's precisely why his church is supposed to look like heaven will look. We ought we, to we see a representation in this building, black and white and Asian, and we ought to see Hispanic, and we ought to see everybody else as they walk into this building and know you are loved, you are cared for, and we are here to serve you. This is why this church can never, ever, ever stop opening its doors and saying, welcome home to this community, whoever this community is. I had a guy meet me at the meeting group after the 9.30 service, and um, He said, uh, man, do you have a business card? I'd like to follow up and meet with you. He said, do you do that? (laughs) Yeah, do it all all the time. And then he said, uh, can I have your cell number? I said, yeah, sure. So I wrote it down, put it on the card and gave it to him. And he said, you know, I really don't need it. I just want to see if you do it. Listen, this church and everything we're about, it's not my church, not your church. We are simply stewards of his church. But let us never be poor stewards of his church. Let's never stop searching and scratching and digging and moving toward doing good. Let us leave this church in great hands. Let us be sure that whatever generation you are, that this church is left to the next generation that is debt-free, that this church is left with people coming to faith in Christ, that we have service after service like we have this morning and today being, seeing folks baptized and coming to faith in Christ. The folks in our schools are ministered to and our community is loved. Let us never stop that work. The Lord Jesus has called this church to do something special. Let's not miss it. Colossians says in chapter one, verse 16, for in him, all things were created. I love that first part. In him, all things are created. You know, bees live their lives serving their queen. Everything they do, every role they have in some shape, form, or fashion is designed to serve the queen. And you know, they're proud of that work. If they're a soldier, they're proud of that work. If they guard the queen, they're proud of that work. If they're the bee that takes care of dead bees, they're proud of that work. If they're the bee that brings water into the hive, they're proud of that work. How much more so should we be proud of the king that we're here to serve? jesus the lord who gave his life to us who shed his blood for us who was buried for us who raised from the dead for us that we might have a home in heaven that we might enjoy heaven on earth how much more so should we want to serve our king and i look at that and i think to myself in 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 this text for in him all things were created me and you this is jesus that we're talking about for in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. God created it all, and he's given us so very much. And all he's asking for us to do is, would you take the gifts that I've given you and put them to work in service for my kingdom? I had a granddad between services stopped me in the meet and greet room. His granddaughter was baptized at 9.30. She was baptized because she gave her life at at high school camp. She came to high school camp because one of our students, Grace Cross, invited her to high school camp. She had no idea that there were people praying for her, including her grandma, that she would come to know Christ. At at that night in camp, when we had two rappers there, she gave her life to Christ when I offered an invitation. And her granddad has been coming here for about a month now. Today stopped and said, I need this church to be my church. I need you to be my pastor and I wanna go to work. And I thought to myself, my stars, if we had about 100 of those folks right here, we would change this community. As a matter of fact, if we had 300 people of the 1,500 or so that'll be here today, that decided today, all we're gonna do is go out there and every day, we're gonna encourage people. We'd have 100 more people here next week. You say, well, Chuck, you make it sound like it's so easy. No, it's not easy. No, it's, it's not easy at all. But if it were easy, would it count for anything? I've never known anything worth attempting that was easy. Everything we do for the cause of Christ, I promise you, Satan has a way that he wants to beat you down. But this is a Christ who has had already the, the victory and the win over Satan, and he claimed it for you. He said that you are going to go and do this. Listen to what he said in John chapter 12, verse, 40, verse 26. Whoever serves me, now that word serve is what I've been talking about all day. And each of you have a unique and different way in which you're to serve. Many of you can use that gift in the church. Many of you can use those gifts or other gifts outside the church. All of us should use them in our comings and goings in life in the hives that we hang out in, at the ballpark, at the tennis court, at our place of work, in our church. We're to be there, why? Jesus said, whoever serves me must follow me, but listen to the rest of it and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now listen to the promise. Jesus says, where I'm at, that's where you're going to be. Where is he? Sitting at the right hand of the father. What is his promise? That if you choose to follow and serve him, you'll be there as well. But now it's even better than that. Jesus has sent his gift to the spirit of God to walk with you, direct you, guide you, correct you, encourage you, and in him and through him, as Jesus works in the spirit in your heart and in your life, he promises to follow through on this, where my father will honor the ones who serves me. I don't know about you, but I want the Lord God to look at me and I, I can't wait to hear well done, good and faithful servant, how about you? As for me, even so, come Lord Jesus. This is a messed up world, and I can't wait to be on the other side. But for now, we have been called to work, and we've been called to serve, and we've been called to love. My friend, this church can never stop trying to find ways to love our community, never. The Lord God has set this church down here. Listen to this. 132 years ago, people started this church as Sugar Hill Baptist Church. It grew into all kind of names. This church has been called First Baptist Church, Sugar Hill, Sugar Hill Baptist Church, the church at Sugar Hill. It's been called the Family Church. It's been called the Family Church, SBC, Sugar Hill. It's been called all kinds of things. And when I got here and I met with the pastor search team, some of you in this room, one of the questions that I fielded is, what should our name be? And I said, dear Lord, whatever it's called now, just don't change it. But if we're going to claim that we're the church here that God has given us, this city, let us be bold enough to claim it for Christ. Let us be bold enough to claim Linear High School for Christ. Let us be bold enough to claim these schools, including Sycamore Elementary, for Christ. Let us be bold enough to find a way and a place to serve. And I promise you, the Lord God is wanting to do that through your life. But maybe you're in a position where you say, Chuck, I don't have any of those gifts. I, I know I don't then let me give you the surefire way on how you can have them by asking Christ the Lord to come into your life, forgive you of your sins and be your Lord and Savior. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Lord, we're grateful that you love us and there's nothing we can do to make you not love us. Thank you. Lord, there are folks in this room right now who have no idea what their gifts are because they've never trusted you as their Lord, their Savior, and their King. So if your desire, as you sit here today or watching online, if your desire is, I want to give my life to Jesus, I want to receive those gifts, you can just join me in this prayer. Jesus, please forgive me. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. Come live in my heart, my life. I trust you to be my Lord, and my Savior. I don't want to walk for me anymore. I want, I want to make a U turn with my life and I want to walk for you. I'm so grateful you died for me and you rose from the dead for me. You've got a home in heaven for me. And if that's your prayer today, then because of a God who cannot lie and the promise he made, then you're as sure for heaven as if you were already there. Your next step is just to follow the Lord and believers' baptism like you saw earlier. But maybe you're here today and maybe your spiritual vibe needs a tune-up. Maybe you gave your life to Christ 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And it's been a long time since you've given your life to serve in the kingdom that you've surrendered your life to be used by God that your spiritual gifts may have been sitting dormant. And God is saying to you today, it's time to get out and let you vibe, go to work in that hive, wherever it's at, that you might indeed start using the gifts the Lord gave you. Join me in this prayer. Lord God, I want to serve you. I want to follow you. Would you affirm and confirm in my life what those gifts are so that I can use them for your glory and my good? And, Lord, would you cause me to have a desperate, seeking heart to serve people in your name? So, Father, we trust you with these prayers. We glorify you in the fact that you promised those gifts. In the name of Jesus, our King, our Savior, and our Lord, we pray all these things. Amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.